This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Welcome, global leaders, to the Global Reach Leadership Forum with Navy veteran, ecclesial leader, entrepreneur, and author, Dr. Pat. Presenting you with critical leadership perspectives from the minds of former military leaders, now transforming the face of American business as successful entrepreneurs. Get ready to listen, learn, to lead, and now to enhance your leadership influence on the Global Reach Leadership Forum. Here's your host, Dr. Pat. Well, welcome to this week's episode of the Global Reach Leadership Forum. I'm your host, Dr. Pat. And here we discuss first principles of leadership success from the minds of great leaders who've attained both entrepreneurial and military success. Our topic this week is on passion. Passion. So, what role does passion play in the leader's mind or in the leader's life? And I suggest to you that passion is the emotional connection one has with something that they are willing to defend and protect if their life depended on it. What does that mean for you as a leader, whether you're transitioning from military life into entrepreneurial life, or you have always been in business? When you think about the meaning, can you think of something that you're willing to defend? Or if need be, put your life on the line for. The day I realized my passion for leadership was the day I realized that I was making a difference in sailors' lives. You know, as John Maxwell often says, there are two most important days in a man's life. The day you are born and the day you discover why. Now, I know he wasn't the original author of that, but it's quite fitting. So what are you already acting on that will identify your passion? You can't assume to have a passion if you're not already doing something about it, can you? You will hardly discover it. A leader understands that unless there is passion in anything that one does, there is little room for success or excellence. Therefore, identifying the value of passion in leadership is identifying the why in a leader's cause. So, I'm asking you this morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you may be, whatever time it is for you, why do you do what you do? And as I previously mentioned, I'd like to think and believe that when I lead someone to realize their true measure of influence, It brings fulfillment, not just to me, but to whom it's serving, to them as well. You know, one of the most rewarding moments of my leadership career 
was when several years later, approximately 15 years after I had a division officer on a ship leading sailors, I received a note on LinkedIn from one of my former sailors. And this is what the note said. It was thanking me for being a great division officer and the impact I had made on his life. Now, truthfully, I remember the sailor's name, but I could not for the life of me remember what exactly I had done that was of any significance. The leader's value and passion is not in what one does at the moment, but rather the impact it is in the end. A kind gesture of good leadership to a young or older person today will yield dividends tomorrow. So think of the value of passion as the dividend stock that keeps on giving even when you're not actively treating it, but just invest it. I hope this has been of value to you. And now our guest uh, is uh, Dr. Simi Adams, a great, a great, a great person, service member. And I'm going to read his uh, his uh, his bio, prior service member here. Um, Dr. Simi Adams is a published expert in industrial organizational psychology with over 30 years um, of progression through very increasing challenging positions uh, throughout his, uh, his time. His extensive experience in the intelligence community and Department of, of Defense ranges in different uh, senior level positions as he has led in those capacities. Uh, he's also an expert in developing high performance organizations and teams. And his dynamic environments that he's worked in includes private sector, government, regular military, and special operations forces. And he's done several business engagements as well. And his philosophy of unleashing the tiger is an interesting and intriguing one. Hopefully, we might also hear about. Uh, but his expertise and focus upon driving organizations, teams, and individuals toward high performance. He's an expert in, in change methodologies, and uh, Dr. Adams's 360-degree focus on organizational issues groomed his knowledge base of operational and human capital environments at all levels. Welcome to the forum, oh. Dr. Simeon. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. You know, it's like oh. when you start hearing uh, introductions, I said, uh, wow. <laughs> I know, right? I know. I'm really have to step up to the plate. You know? <laughs> no, this is great. This is great. This is awesome. Yeah, but um, today our audience really are you know former military leaders, you know, in every capacity in the military, and um, and and young you know, transitioning military who are probably starting out in business. And today, uh, all we want to do is to go back to the first principles of leadership. And our topic today is on passion. And passion is such an important aspect of our, you know, of our growth as leaders. Uh, as you were a leader, you know, in the military um, army, I might art, you know, um, you know, but, uh, you know, army special operations is one of those uh, special areas that I don't know much about, but hopefully you might probably give us some insights on. Uh, but I wanted to start out by asking, well, you know, what is, uh, what is passion to you? Passion is often confused with ambition and drive and leadership. But what is your definition of passion and how passionate were you when you were in the military to accomplish the goals that you accomplished as a leader in the military? 
Well, you know, there's a lot of different probably definitions out there for passion, but yes. you know, passion, when you get down to the raw essence of it, it's about the emotion that someone has about some concept or construct. Okay. Ambition on the other side, to, to delineate the confusion there is yeah. ambition is the drive, the motivation to help one realize some element of that concept or construct of okay. which we're really passionate about. Mm-hmm. True. You, know, you, you mentioned about success in the military. You know, I believe that really to be successful or as, as successful as one can be, mm-hmm. you got to have some level of passion and you got to have appropriate ambition. Mm. And when I say appropriate ambition, okay. uh, what I mean is it's doing what's legal, moral, and the right thing to do. It's not backstabbing someone. It's not talking bad about someone. It's doing those things that elevate others up. And wow. I think that's the key to success. Wow. For me personally, you know, I got brought into the military relatively late in life. I was 22, 23 years old. Just like me. <laughs> but I just, I know, you know, most people that go from high school, they're going to military high school, maybe if you're an officer, you go college and whatnot. Yeah. But for me, uh, I did a little college and took not purposely a break before I got in the military, but I was looking for direction in my life. And I just bought into the, everything about the military, its mission, its culture, its structure, all aspects it just seemed to be so well aligned to my own personal being. Mm. And when that occurs, you can, you really are successful um, within the military. Yes. That is so true. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for creating that perspective because it sounds like ambition kind of leads to you being able to be passionate about what you do. So it's a subset of that. And, and, and that's important to identify, but, um, Mm-hmm. So, so in that case, and do you think there's a difference between ambition and passion in the military and then that in the private sector as well? Is there some similarities? And, you know, and if so, how, how different are they? Is there any differences at all? Hmm, good question. Now, I think the, the key aspect, um, no matter what one is going to be doing, it could be yeah. in the military, it could be in the civilian population as yeah. You know, what is described as a W-2 employee or an entrepreneur or business owner. Mm-hmm. But the key element to being successful in whatever environment one is in okay. is to have both one's passion and ambition aligned with each other. Ooh. If the passion yeah. is aligned with the ambition and ambition is aligned with the passion, yes. then you can almost achieve anything you want to do. You know, I'm thinking about um, what's the Jamaican sprinter's uh name um is it uh bolt his name uh, all of bolt, is it bolt bolt yes yeah that's right now b-o-l-t <laughs> yes. I, I was watching a special on him <laughs> the other day it was saying, it was and saying he is bolt. passionate yes yeah bolt because he's the world's fastest human being i think is how he <laughs> advertises himself but he is passionate about running and he's ambitious to do his best as a runner that's a good analogy. and he has found that that environment and passion and ambition are so aligned. Wow. And I think that's the key to being successful in military business, whatever environment you're in is having that alignment. Good alignment. Now a a key, a key component of that, Mm -hmm. that we're, we're thinking about maybe some differences or whatnot, but 
you know, just thinking about if you are very passionate about something and ambitious, but is there a market for it? That's the, where the difference is between okay. I think, military okay. and business. You know, I may be very passionate about butterflies. Mm. I may be very ambitious to collect a lot of butterflies, <laughs> but is it marketable? Business is about, it is. No, business <laughs> is about uh, marketing Market. what you can do well. <laughs> and if what? that market doesn't exist, then mm. you have to figure out, okay, how may I review my passion and my ambition to make it marketable? Mm-hmm. I think that's just the difference between the military and the business aspect. Thank you so much for mentioning that because sometimes we think, oh man, I did great in the military. I excelled. I did well. So I'm going to do the same thing, you know, in uh, in the private sector. And then you find out, guess what? You don't know the first thing about the market. You got to be able to research that first. So that's a great point. You know, um, passion and ambition, the slight differences being, you know, the market as well. Um, great, great, great insight into that. So, so, um, so as as a leader in in the service, uh, you know people can be passionate about certain things that may probably uh, be uh, be not so aligned with ambition, you know, in, in the military. But uh, how, how did you encourage your team, or 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 how did you encourage them to be passionate? And and if they were passionate, how did you reward that while in the service? And if that's the case, maybe you do that now in one way or the other. But how did you do that in the military uh, specifically? Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, there is a difference, a nuance, if you will, uh, between military and civilian population. Okay. In the military, uh, we are basically given the people we have. Yes. You know, we have, let's say, yes. we go to war with what we got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so we have to make the best of the situation, both with personnel, equipment, you know, strategies or whatnot. It is yeah. as it is. Yeah. Um, but the key, I think, with the military leadership is about learning what the soldiers, so I'm Army, so you got, yes. I can say service members, but I'm <laughs> Army, so we refer to us ourselves soldiers. as soldiers. Okay. Um, not to say nothing about um, sailors and Marines and uh, Coast Guard personnel, yeah. airmen, yeah. Uh, Air Force, can't forget the Air Force. Um, we're all service members, but I have, I'm a retired Army First Sergeant, Special Ops mm-hmm. background. I'm going to use soldiers to encompass all Everybody, service members absolutely. to make it easier. <laughs> yes. But, you know, as a military leader, we have to find out what is our soldiers' passion Mm -hmm. and then enable them to take their passion and apply it to the military environment. There's a lot of things people come with to the table that they're passionate about. But how can you refocus that passion to be to enable them to be successful in the military? That's the key component to military leadership. And the rewarding occurs by enabling them to understand when they have engaged their passion to aid in realizing the military mission. So we don't quell their passion, but we okay. have to try to massage it, manage it, tap it on the left and right flanks so that they can use their passion to be beneficial and successful in the environment that they're working in. Okay. So you know, rewarding takes on many attributes. Um, and it doesn't really matter in what environment it's done, be it military, civilian, popular uh, environment. It doesn't really matter. Okay. The key to for a successful reward is the leader has to understand how much value does that person have on the reward. Some oh, people okay. they place value on money. Mm. Okay, that's acceptable. 
Others just want a simple thank you and a handshake, a pat on the back. Yes. That is that will motivate them to repeat what they just did in a very positive manner. So you have to understand the person and what they value. And of course, knowing that if they don't do something really well, then you take of what's valuable to them yes. and remove it. You do not give them the back, the back <laughs> pat, you know, and say, Hey, thank you. Good job done when they didn't do it. So it's about knowing your employees, knowing your teammates in the military and what's of value to them. That's the most valuable reward one can provide them. Awesome. And and like you mentioned, it means the same thing else in the private sector then. You find out what is of value to that um, supervisor or, or floor person and and then just reward them with that, you know. So okay, well that's that that's insightful. I, I appreciate I appreciate that. Uh, looking at that from that perspective is important. So um now, is there an example that you probably practiced, you know, in the military uh, that you probably still apply now when you're dealing with people in the private sector? Um, what kind of example do you, do you have um, as far as passion um, that you had in the military that you still practice the same thing now? Mm-hmm. Well, to be quite transparent, what I did in the military, um, I in the root essence of being a, a senior non-commissioned officer, I have taken that and then transport transported it into a business. Awesome. So when awesome. I was, a, you know, I think that's the, that's the key to being able to be successful. That, and I think that's, that's sometimes it. it is. And I think it's that somewhat sometimes a challenge for service members when they're transitioning is trying to understand how do I take, you know, three, four years of experience in the military or 20 plus years of experience in the military and refocus it so I can be successful in this new environment that environment. I'm that I'm working in, that I'm operating in. Yes. So for me, I was very passionate about creating high performance organizations and people in the military. Okay. Um, as a non-commissioned officer, um, my job, as I saw it, was it's two, twofold. We only have two goals in the military. Um, it's to accomplish the mission mm-hmm. and take care of our soldiers. That's it. And yeah. when they conflict, it's always about conf- taking care of the mission, accomplishing the mission, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, we go to war, we have to take the hill. Someone's probably not coming back. Mm-hmm. We have to accept that in our profession, but we have to always accomplish the mission. Mm-hmm. So, my job as a non commissioned officer was to create higher performing organizations and people. And I wanted to leave the unit better than when I re- when I Got arrived that. or received absolutely, the unit. Absolutely. As I humorously say, I, I want <clears throat> to make my departure a pleasurable thing because I've I've infused some level of higher performance within the organization. Exactly. And it's not because I'm leaving. <laughs> so so it's all about. I hope not. Exactly. Exactly. Now, so it, it's all about creating high-performance organizations and people. And I was able, as I mentioned at the onset of this question, is I was able to take that passion from the military and turn it into a business. So, you know, name of my company is called the Consortium of Scientific Practitioners. Mm. And my brand, as you mentioned earlier in the intro that you're so kind uh, to speak about myself, is Unleashing the Tiger for mm-hmm. organizational and individual high performance. Mm. So as you can hear, 
there is a direct correlation between what I did in the military and what I'm really passionate about and how I'm ambitious am I about achieving it. Absolutely. I just envision there's a tiger that resides in every organization and person, and sometimes they can unleash it themselves, or sometimes they need someone like myself who has a PhD in organizational psychology, a senior executive coaching credential that I can then help them one, discover it and two, get it unleashed. So then they can too can realize the alignment of their passion and their ambition to make it marketable, to be successful in the, in the new um, business arena, the civilian arena. Absolutely. Wow. Ambition, passion, alignment market got it oh wow this this is good stuff for uh, you know for our listeners because they get to understand the fact that just because you're in the military and your transition doesn't mean that's the end of your passion you've got to be able to carry that with you and then grow that in the private sector for you to be successful awesome Hopefully somebody who's listening to this is really thinking about the, you know, the passionate juices, how it's flowing. So, so, so with that, um, I want to segue into, you know, what, what kind of advice you would give to uh, somebody about the essence of exercising this passion? Why is it important as a leader, you know, applying this to, uh, to support one's business? Why is it important? What's, what's the essence of that? What kind of advice would you give somebody about that? Um, I think I would I would talk about advice focused on maybe just a couple of points. Okay. One is a military leader. It doesn't matter if it's uh, an enlisted or an officer, mm-hmm. but the military grooms us to be leaders. That's true. They are so far ahead of the civilian population. So our leadership knowledge, our skills abilities and experience that we sort of took for granted in the military is highly desired in the civilian work environment. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurship attributes are applicable in the world of being an employee or in the world of business ownership. It doesn't matter. You know, you t- we talk about uh, transitioning military leaders into an entrepreneurship's uh, line of thinking. Yes. You can use the attributes of entrepreneurship, whether or not you are an employee or a business owner. Okay. Those attributes of leadership that the military has ingrained, ingrained in us, mm-hmm. they will serve you very, very well. Ooh. That's my first point. Awesome. Second point is, remember, you are no longer in the military. Mm-hmm. That is so hard for uh, military <laughs> members so to true. get out of their minds. I, I, I spent just under 22 years in the army. Um, I retired and I went on the books one October, 2006. This is now what? 2020, no, 2021. Yeah. Um, so however, I'm not a math major, uh, however many years it's over a decade that I've been retired and it's still a challenge sometimes to remember I am no longer in the military. Mm. The new environment, post-military, is different. It has different players, different attributes, different culture. It's just different. Mm. So you have to learn very quickly the lay of the land and adapt our leadership delivery style to that new environment. 
You know, in the military, we call it intelligence preparation of the battlefield. That's right. We look at the lay of the land and we understand the nuances of terrain and uh, the weather and cover and concealment and possible avenues of approach, possible areas of defense and offense. Mm -hmm. So you have to understand that. Use the skills that the military has taught us to be successful. But at the end of the day, remember, you are no longer in the military and it's a different type of leadership style. No one necessarily has anything on their collar anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, in the military, you had to respect the rank. You may not respect the person, but you respected (laughs) the rank that they held. That's right. Civilian corporation, civilian. You may have a title, but they may or may not respect you nor the position you hold. So you have to learn the lay of the land. You're no longer in the military. Wow. That is, that is so profound. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. It, it, that's, that's critical to us, to, you know, for us to understand the value of understanding where you are in the military and, and where you're transitioning to in the corporate sector, because there are differences definitely. And understanding how that relates is, is critical. So, you know, we talk about, you know, successful people in the, um, in the private sector. We, we talk about people like Steve Jobs and, you know, Jeff Bezos, uh, Steve Jobs of, uh, you know, Apple, Jeff Bezos of Amazon, you know, great men who are passionate about what they did and they've created a brand for themselves. But um, as far as in the, in the military, um, uh, is there any comparison to something like that that commanders have done for you know their people, whether it's improving their quality of life and and being exceptional um, for generations? Is, is there any comparison at all uh, that you can think of? Um, if there is, that's great. If there isn't, but we want to see what differences or similarities there are within uh, within the business and the private sector. What are your insights on that? Thinking about that that question, you know, the first pops in my mind were was like you know the General Eisenhower, yeah. General Patton, um, all of those World War II phenomenal leaders. Yes, that made a big difference in in us being able to uh, win that particular war. And then I, I I think a little bit about George Washington and the founding fathers and the legacy that they created as far as the military goes. Mm-hmm. But I think what's really important, I, I'm going to tell a little story about myself because I think awesome. it, it brings it down to a little bit more humanistic perspective. Good. Um, I was a young staff sergeant, so an E6 mm-hmm. in the U.S. Army. I happened to be in 3rd Special Forces Group. Back in the day, this was probably in 95, I think it was. Yeah, matter of fact, I know it was. So 1995. And back in the day, we had a reenlistment incentive that if you reenlisted for your current duty station, then you could you'd basically get off from the military for a semester of college and you could just go to college. So I had reenlisted for third specialist forces group. We had come out of an exercise out of Fort Huachuca, Arizona. I approached my commander, uh, a Captain Mark Adams. As far as I know, no relationship to me, but that was his last name. So Mark. Okay. I approached Mark and said, hey, I'd like to do my my uh, reenlistment incentive and take a semester of college. Mm -hmm. He said, sure, no problem. Just go to the local college and figure out 
what do you want to take? Let me know. Done deal. I said, Roger that. So I went down to the local college and started my journey, long journey as it was, but I didn't know at the time, in psychology. And when I got through with that first semester, I went back to our commander. Uh, We were pretty laid back, although we all knew he was the captain, our detachment commander, but we went by first name. So I said, hey, Mark, I'm doing really good. I'd like to continue. This has been sort of a a fun time. I've got a 4.0 grade point average, uh, which is drastically head and shoulders over where I was when I left college the first time at a whopping 0.8 grade point average. Um, And he said, well, sure, uh, Simi, I tell you what, you lay out a training schedule that you can use to maintain the proficiency of your team. And you tell me what college classes you want to take, and I'll let you off for those classes. So the next semester, I was off on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays from military. I just had to show up for PT. I had to do my uh, parachutist duties also, um, but he let me off Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And then the nice. next semester, same deal. And he let me off on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then the summer rolls around. Then I had half days go to college. So I give <laughs> Captain Mark Great. Adams Great. full credit for enabling me to continue college. And it's only because of him mm. um, that I believe that I have my PhD in organizational psychology today. Wow. So the moral of that story of he didn't necessarily um, cause me to get out or separate early, but he did teach me the lessons of trust and confidence in your soldiers. And if mm. you take care of them, they will bend over backwards to, to make sure that you are successful. And that's what he did. He trusted that I could implement a valid training plan to maintain the proficiency of my team. Yes. He had confidence that I was going to be successful in it and my college career, mm. regardless of whether I, I believed it or not. But like I said earlier, I had a 0.8 grade point average coming out of college initially before yeah. I went into the military. Yeah. It took me 12 more, 12 years to mature, to go back into it. And I graduated with a 4.0 grade point average. That's awesome. But Mark Adams Impressive. took care of me as a soldier, as a person, he trusted me. He had confidence in me and I live my life because of what he has infused in me back in 19. 19- 95. I graduated with my bachelor's degree in December of, or so of 96. I PCS when I went to a new duty station. I started yeah. my master's degree shortly thereafter. Two years, got my master's degree in counseling, and then almost immediately PCS again. And then I waited about four or five years before I started my PhD. But uh, what he taught me was there's no time like the present to begin mm-hmm. a journey and then just never quit. No time like the present to begin a journey and never quit. Wow. Are we hearing this? This is so valuable. Nuggets of gold. That is impressive. So so that's, in essence, I see the passion that you show now, the passion that, you know, Captain Adams showed you in, in, in taking care of his people, compelled you to have passion for going through bachelor's master's and and doctoral program that is now giving you value as a as as a great member of our society in the private sector so anybody out there who probably thinks well can i really do it the answer is yes yes dr simi adams did it i don't see why you cannot you know do it 
by following his example. He's given us a, a path to do that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. That is very inspiring. You know, um, I, I, as I think about that, you know, that was a great example of passion uh, and persistence too, you know, uh, quite frankly. But uh, that was a foundation that somebody laid for you that you're able to build on and uh, certainly something worth worth looking at. So so then then one of as we as we end end here, there are a few a few more wrap up questions here. So is there a recommendation that you would give to somebody that is transitioning out of the military as far as, you know, maybe a budding you know, entrepreneur as well? On, on pursuing their passion as, as they separate or as they retire or as they already probably already started their business, what kind of advice would you give them? What recommend, I mean, what recommendation would you give them on how and what it takes uh, to be passionate in pursuing anything that you want to do? Well, I say to them is that it's probably not about passionately pursuing anything but rather okay. determining what you are passionate about. Got you. That you have a high level ambition to pursue and mm. then determine if it's marketable. We marketable. About, you know, business is about marketability. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, if it's not marketable as much as you would like, then you have to determine how might your passion and ambition be refocused or realigned mm-hmm. toward an attribute of that item, that passion that is marketable. Okay. So that's the recommendation. It, that, it's it's the key is, is focusing your passion and ambition to being marketable in whatever you want to do. Marketable. That's right. Great, great, great. Pro- having proper alignment. Got it. Got it. Awesome. Well, we are just about uh, wrapped up here with such, you know, great insights from you. And, and I guess the last uh, question before I ask you to share a little bit about, you know, how to contact you and all that. Uh, my, my, my last question to you is what is the one example, the biggest lesson in, in, in on passion leadership that you learned over your years in the, in the, uh, in the military that you have learned. And then now you're able to use that now in, um, in your leadership in the corporate sector, uh, the biggest lesson that you've learned about, you know, being passionate. I would submit that the biggest lesson is once you have found a market to which your passion and ambition is aligned, Okay. then do never, never give up your dream. Okay. There'll be many roadblocks in your way. You may even stumble and fall sometimes. However, what you have to do is get back up Determine what happened mm-hmm. or shake it off a little bit, learn from it, and then okay. step off toward your dream once more. Awesome. And as the saying goes, as I put to people, mm-hmm. if you never quit, you can never fail. Mm-hmm. It's only when you quit do you fail. Oh, that's deep. That's my highest um, lesson uh, learned. Lesson. That is so profound. That is so profound. Never quit because if you never quit, you never fail and you're definitely going to achieve that. That is so insightful. Thank you so much, you know, for all these nuggets of gold that you've shared with us. Um, Definitely worth, uh, worth, worth that. So uh, at this point, I'm going to ask, you know, um, you, you're running a great, uh, you know, consultancy practice and change management. Is there anything you want the audience to know about your business, you know, where to find you or, or, or anything that you're doing with the, you know, your book, uh, just, just let our audience know how to get in touch with you if there's anything they need. Well, certainly. No. So the, the name of my company, as I mentioned earlier, is called the Consortium of Scientific Practitioners. 
And we are just looking for um, leaders, could be executives or business owners, individuals, teams, or organizations that have some need, challenge, or issue that is inhibiting their achievement of their personal or organizational vision or mission. Mm. If they're stuck, they don't know how to get out of that rut that they're in. If they, whatever they need, I say we don't solve world hunger, but um, the key is from an organization or, or individual high performance, we can help our clients and we do on a daily basis, unleash their tiger. Awesome. And that's what we do. So to, to find me, uh, I'm a, I have a pretty good social footprint. Um, I have my own the website, of course, which is uh, www.csp-llc.org, or you can go to www.simiadams.com. Okay. Another way to find me. I'm also pretty active on LinkedIn. So um, Doc Simi is profile name. I think they call it. Yes. I'm not that proficient in technology, <laughs> but if you look up Simi A. Adams, I'm probably the only one there awesome. um, that looks like me. Yes. Um, but I would like to hear from your audience members, you know, shoot me a, an email, give me a, a message on LinkedIn and sure. let's connect and let's see where they are. Let's determine where they want to be and we can work together to help them get there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Well, we have we have heard from, you know, Dr. Simi Adams. This is great. Passion, passion, passion. You've got to align your passion and ambition and then also understand not to quit, not to quit. Keep charging, whether you are transitioning or you're already an entrepreneur, you're getting your foothold, get going and don't quit. We are so thankful. Thank you so much for uh, being on the forum today, Dr. Adams. And and my encouragement to everybody that is listening, keep charging, keep charging, uh, lead with passion, and remember to lead the change. Take care. Be well. Well, global leaders, thank you for listening to this episode of the Global Reach Leadership Forum. If you have learned something today, please like us on Facebook. Visit our website at www.globalreachleaders.com to leave a comment or a question and share this episode with others. Until next week, remember to lead the change. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.